0: Welcome to Victory Church's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. You know, again, looking at the miracles of Jesus, last week I preached about the Gadarene, and Pierce made reference to him several times. Um, but, you know, there's this, the, the, the stories in the Gospels are amazing. They're living stories. Yeah. Or about real people. And, you know, we the read the, last week again this guy that was, he's like a madman. He was chained up. He was outside of town. And, you know, Jesus brought amazing deliverance and transformation into his life. He goes across the lake and he immediately runs into, I guess you'd have to say, the opposite person on the planet from that guy. It was the, the, the head of the synagogue in Capernaum. His name was Jairus. This guy was, you know, he was influential. He was powerful. Probably had financial means. Probably well off financially. He was politically connected. A man of influence and power. But life came and visited him. With the the death of his daughter. His daughter was, was sick unto death. At the verge of death. And he went to Jesus. And his life was... Transformed in a moment of time in in the presence of the Lord. So I want to just, we're going to look a little bit at his story tonight and just let it come and minister to each each one of us. Mark chapter 5, verse 21, when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue, or the ruler of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hand on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now that's when, on the way to Jairus' house, is where the whole scenario with the woman with the issue of blood took place. She came and, and stopped him. And that whole um, miracle unfolded. Now, you go down to verse 35. While Jesus was still speaking to this woman, the woman with the issue of blood, some from the ruler of the synagogue's house came and said, Your daughter is dead. She died. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid, only believe. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house ...of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult, and those who wept wailed loudly. And when he came in, he said to them, Why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when he put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was, lying. Then he took the child by the hand, and he said to her, Talitha Kumai, which is translated, Little girl, I say to you, arise." Immediately the girl rose and walked for she was 12 years old of 12 years of age and they were overcome with great amazement but he commanded them to strict to them strictly that no one should know it and said that something should be given to her to eat Now I want to um, we're going to we're going to learn a, a couple of lessons from this story um, this guy this guy Jairus was in quite a fix it was, it was really a, quite a fix. Because if you, if you know anything about, about the, the Gospels, and it talks about it in the book of Mark, people that began to follow Jesus, especially ones that had received a miracle, and they were a testimony of Jesus, were marked and put out of the synagogue. They could no longer go to the synagogue. And that's why some of the people were, were secret followers of Jesus, because... Um, They wanted to still be part of the community, you know, the whole life of the community as far as the economy and the social activities of the the different villages and towns were connected to the synagogue. Once you were put out of the synagogue, your life was in, in deep trouble. And so this this was the synagogue ruler who was in charge of making the list of the people who could no longer be in the synagogue. That was his job. Now, can, can, think about that for a moment. And think about this. This—he Of course, he had heard the stories. And like everyone else, he wondered if they were true. He'd heard about the lepers and the blind people, the deaf people. He'd heard about the miracles of Jesus. But, you know, he was... Of course, couldn't even give give any credence to it Because if he did, he would lose his position And his wealth and his influence and everything else But now, he had a decision to make Is it true? Is it possibly true? Is it possibly true that that Jesus of Nazareth Is really who he says he was? He says he is Is it possible that these stories are true? Is it possible that these miracles are true? Well, you know, when it, when it comes down to it, when it comes down to it, he was making a decision. Am I going to continue in my, in my world with my, with my mask on? You know, I'm, I'm I have this facade of life pretending like everything's okay. Am I going to continue living this way, you know, and, and, and even at the risk of losing my daughter or am I going to take a risk and come to Jesus? Now he, he 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 humbled himself publicly When Jesus was coming through town Walking through town Everybody knew this guy Everyone attended that synagogue Everyone in town knew who he was And when Jesus was coming through the, cra- through the crowd We know it was a crowd It talks about how the woman with the issue of blood Had to push her way through the crowd Jairus had to do the same Maybe people got out of the way when they recognized who he was. But people were shocked when Jairus found his way to Jesus. And he threw himself at Jesus' feet. He threw himself at Jesus' feet. He he fell down on his face in the street, in the dirt. And began to plead with Jesus. You know, sometimes we have to get out of ourselves. You know, sometimes true worship and true calling on God doesn't look that dignified. Sometimes, sometimes it might look a little weird. Sometimes it might look different from the way You've done it in the past. Maybe you're, you've been fine. You've been comfortable. Go to church. You're in your routine and everything's fine. But when you find out your 12-year-old daughter is about to die, maybe some different measures, maybe some drastic measures are going to come into play. So go back and, and, and look at this at this um These scriptures. Yeah, he said in, in Mark five twenty-two and twenty-three. Just then, a man saw that it was Jesus. He pushed through the crowd, so he pushed through the crowd and threw himself down at, at Jesus' feet. His name was J- Jairus, Jewish official in charge of the synagogue. He pleaded with Jesus, saying over and over again, "Please come with me." And and and. And, and my little daughter's at the point of death. She's only 12 years old. Come and lay your hands on her and she will, and she will live. So we, we see here, we see this man's desperate face. Sometimes desperate, desperate situations bring us in touch with reality and we go places spiritually we wouldn't normally go. And then, then he had to come to this place in his, in his faith walk, in his decision, had to come to a place where he was willing to take a risk and to pay the price of it costing him everything. It could, co- it could cost him his job. It could, it could cost him his political influence. It could cost him, cost him his means of income, his financial security. It could cost him everything. Has your faith ever cost you anything? It cost me everything all the time. That's good. That's a good place to live. (laughs) So this, this he, he found himself, you know, he found himself in it on his face, calling out to God. Calling out to God. You know, maybe, maybe your friends aren't gonna like it if you get, if you really get on fire for God. Maybe your friends aren't gonna like it if you don't talk trash like you used to talk with them. Maybe your friends aren't gonna like it if you don't dress the way you used to dress or, or go to the places you used to go or, or laugh at the jokes that you used to laugh at. Maybe when you, when you come to Jesus, it's going to demand changes in your life that might put you in a position where you have to testify that you're not the same person that you used to be. And you might be afraid of the re- repercussions. Yeah. So then he began to, so just looking at some of the things in this passage, then he began to plead with Jesus. He began to plead with Jesus, you know. Hey, when was the last time you really began to, to call on the Lord and say, Lord, I need you to intervene in my life. I need you to, to help me, God. I need your help. I need your intervention. I need you to step into this situation. You begin to call out to him, Lord, come Lord, I need you now. Lord, I can't, I can't take another step. I can't live another day. I can't live another moment. I need your intervention in my life. In the name of Jesus. So here going along, I want to take a little, a little more of a journey in the story. You go down to verse 36 and 37 after the, this interruption of the woman with the issue of blood. And she gets healed. And they're finally pushing through the crowd, starting to, you know, hopefully going to start making their way back to Jairus' house. And before Jesus finished speaking, people arrive from Jairus' house. And they pushed through the crowd to give Jairus the news. There's no need to trouble the master any longer. Your daughter has died. But Jesus refused to listen to what they were, what they were ta- J- Jesus refused to listen to what they were told and said to the Jewish official, don't yield to fear. All you need to do is keep on believing. Yeah. So, you know, he had, to, he had an, another choice to make right now. Who am I going to listen to? Yeah. What am I going to listen to? Amen. Am I going to... You know, sometimes... Sometimes we have to just turn off all the voices of negativity. Sometimes we just, just say, I, I, I'm not going to listen to that anymore. Sometimes you can't listen to the, to the doctor's reports. Sometimes you can't listen to your friend's report. Sometimes you can't listen to what all the experts are telling you because it's contrary to the Word of God, to God's plan for your life. Sometimes you just have to say, I'm not going to listen to that anymore. And Jesus t- he turned to him and said, don't listen to that. Don't listen to that. Believe in God and you'll see his glory. The Christian and the non-Christian, uh, this a blog called No Fear, the Christian and the non-Christian view the world from two different lenses. The story about the recovery of Jairus' daughter displays the stark contrast. As far as human expectancy and human ability, all hope was over when the, young girl's, when the young girl's heart stopped beating. Jairus' friends brought the sad news. Don't trouble the teacher anymore. Your daughter's dead. Jesus saw the situation totally differently. Just keep believing, he said. By the time Jesus arrived at Jairus' house, the mourners were already in place. The expectancy of Jesus was met with mocking and scorn. Jesus told them the little girl is only asleep and the mocking and ridicule only increased. Here's a quote from from Barclay. He says, there's the contrast between the unrestrained distress of the mourners and the calm serenity of Jesus. You know, the the people in the world with all the drama, they're anxious, they're angry, they're tense. They're trying to force their beliefs on you. Trying to force you to believe like them And act like them And behave like them But Jesus is just A totally different situation Totally at peace They were wailing and weeping And tearing their hair And rending their garments In paroxysm of distress He was calm and quiet And serene and controlled Why this difference? It was due to Jesus' perfect confidence And trust in God The worst human disaster can be met with courage and gallantry when we meet it with God. They laughed him to scorn because they thought his hope was groundless and his calm mistaken. But the great fact of the Christian life is that what looks completely impossible with men is possible with God. What on merely human grounds is far too good to be true become blessedly true when God is there. I love this The things that look utterly hopeless with men and human abilities Are possible with God He loves to show his glory in absolutely impossible situations Jairus had risked his reputation and career by bringing Jesus into his home He made the worst The worst thing this synagogue ruler could do Was to bring this prophet into his house The worst thing he could do, he was done. He was finished as far as the protocol and status quo was in his life. But by his bold faith, he regained his daughter, as well as discovering the power of God's love found only in Christ. All of us will face impossible circumstances in our lives. If we can look to Jesus and ignore the bearers of bad news and mockers, we too will see the glory of God. Wow! Yeah, there's now. I, I love the this miracle, you know this this miracle power of Jesus. Verse forty-one through forty-three. You know he, Jesus now. He's he 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 leaves goes through the the, the crowd of mourners and the outside part of the house, clears everybody out of the room where the girl is, and just went in with the with uh, with his his three closest followers and the parents, and went into the girl's room, and. Um, it says, he tenderly clasped the girl's hand in his and said to her in Aramaic, Talathcum, which means little girl, wake up from the sleep of death. My sleeping child awake, he said. You know, maybe that's what he's saying over, over you tonight. My sleeping child awake. My sleeping daughter, awake. My sleeping son, awake. You've been asleep for far too long. He comes and puts his hand on you and tells you to wake up from your sleep. So, so, so instantly, everyone say instantly. The 12-year-old girl sat up, stood to her feet, and started walking around the room. Everyone was overcome with astonishment in seeing this miracle. Jesus had them bring her something to eat and He repeatedly cautioned them that they were to tell no one what had happened. Now let me... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this. I've got a, 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 a couple things I want to share with you. Just, so just hang on right here. It's impossible to overestimate the power of God's Word. Impossible to overestimate the power of God's Word. God's Word is all-powerful. Everything that is... Everything that exists in the universe is created by God's Word, is sustained by God's Word. Recently, Paris and I were in Grayson Beach, it's Grayson Beach, and found ourselves peering into the heavens late at night. The immensity of God's creation revealed in the universe is breathtaking. All that exists is created and sustained by the power of His Word. Thousands and thousands and of light years, millions of light years away, the nearest stars. Unbelievable, unthinkable, ununderstandable for the finite mind. But God created it, orchestrated it, and sustains all of it with the power of His words. When Jesus walked into this little dead girl's house, there was two human responses going on. There was weeping and mourning For the loss of this young girl and mocking and ridicule when Jesus said she was just asleep. The power of God is foreign to the natural man and seems to be absolute foolishness to those who are born again. His power is life itself. Matthew Henry said her return to life after a short visit to the congregation of the dead. He took her by the hand as we do by one that would awake out of sleep and help up. And he called saying, Maid, arise. Thus, the hand of Christ's grace goes along with the calls of his word to make them effectual. Here's that express, which was only implied in the other evangelist, that her spirit came again. Her soul returned again to animate her body. This plainly proves that the soul exists and acts in a state of separation from the body and therefore is immortal. Then death does not extinguish this candle of the Lord, but takes it out of a dark lantern. I love this little girl. Wake up. She was not dead in this world. In this world, she was only asleep. We know God's Word is all-powerful and has many diverse applications. I wonder if the Lord's command is also for His sleeping sons and daughters today. Listen carefully. I think He's calling out to us. My son, my daughter, wake up. Awake from your sleep of death. Now, this is my favorite part of the story. I love this part of the story. This, in, um, you know, of course, the Gospel of Mark, written by Mark, is was from the preaching of Peter. It's actually Peter's gospel transcribed by Mark. And in this, you know, of course we know the New Testament's written in Greek, but there's one, this one word and this one phrase in this story is recorded in Aramaic in the New Testament manuscripts. And the reason it's that way is because Peter could not get the words of Jesus out of his ears Every time he thought of this story, he thought of this phrase, spoken by the lips of Jesus. This is something that Jesus, if you want to say something that you know Jesus has said at some time. You know, maybe it sounds a little bit superstitious or weird. But if you want to say something that Jesus has ever said, you can say this. kum. Say it with me. kum. And, and it's, it's, this, this is a very powerful phrase. I wanna, it, it, really, it's, it's, it's really, it's like, it means, it means sweethearts, is what it means. It's a tar, it's a term of endearment. Let's, listen to this. He tenderly clasped gla- this child's hand in his, and said to her in Aramaic, talitha kum, which means a little girl awake from the sleep of death. Instantly, the 12-year-old girl sat up, stood to her feet, started walking around the room, Brian Simmons, the author of The Passion, um, the translator of The Passion, said Jesus called her sweetheart. People use all sorts of terms of endearment when it comes to those that we love. Words like "sweetie," you know, in New Orleans is really—you go get a, you go buy something to eat, and they t- call you "sweetie" and "honey" and "darling" and all kind of stuff. You know, you never know how to respond to that. But words like "sweetie," "honey," "darling," or "baby" come to mind. I mean, all of us have our favorite ones, right? In terms of endearment. What do you call your 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 loved ones? <laughs> what? Babe. Babe? <laughs> I got you, babe, right? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Words like, sweetie, honey, darling, baby, come to mind. Jesus was displaying not only supernatural love for the 12-year-old daughter of Jairus, he was pouring out human love as well. We see the the love of God reaching out to this dead girl and this broken-hearted father and broken-hearted mom. But we see the humanity of Christ in his words. Speaking these very, it's something that you would say to a little 12 year old girl, sweetheart, get up. I'm, I'm amazing to me. To me, that's amazing. So Jesus was displaying not only supernatural love for this 12 year old daughter. He was pouring out human love as well. That's what makes Jesus so amazing and irresistible. He captures us with His love as the Son of Man, and He overwhelms us with the rivers of the love of God as the only begotten Son of God. Peter, Mark is written from Peter's oral tradition, could never forget those precious words that awakened the little girl. Talitha kum, dripping with love, brought that little one back from the dead. Now Barclay again, he says it like this. He says, there's a very lovely thing here, and the gospel itself made arise is Talitha Kum, which is Aramaic. How did this little bit of Aramaic get itself embedded in the Greek of the gospels? There can be only one reason. Mark got his information from Peter, for the most part, outside of Palestine at least. Peter too would have to speak in Greek. But Peter had been there. He was one of the chosen three, the inner circle, who had seen this happen. He could never forget Jesus' voice. He could never forget His voice. He could never forget. If you've been touched by, you can never forget His touch. You can never forget His voice. My sheep know my voice, Jesus Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Peter heard the voice, Talitha Kum, and he couldn't shake it. He thought about, about that every time he thought of this story. He thought of how Jesus loved this little girl's sweetheart. Wake up. Yeah. In his mind and in his memory, he could hear that Kum all his life. The love, the gentleness, the caress of it lingered with him forever. So much that he was unable to think of it in Greek at all. Because his memory could only hear it in the voice of Jesus and the very words that Jesus spoke. We can all relate to the various characters in this story. There's Jairus, the desperate father. You know, some of you have been desperate you know, fathers and moms or parents. Then we can see the, the three disciples that accompanied Jesus into the room. They were players. They were there. And, of course, there's the little girl. Today, we may be that little girl. As far as our future goes, we are as good as dead. So, you know, you could be, you know, which character are you? We, we've all, we'll all be all of these at some point in our life. The desperate father... The, the the disciples observing the miracle of Jesus are the dead little girl. Today we may be that little girl. As far as our future goes, we are as good as dead. The only thing that can awaken us from the dead place are the love words of Jesus. Talitha Kum, wake up, sweetheart. I have a future for you. Woohoo! Jesus. You know the tenderness, the tenderness and the personal nature of Jesus is what wins your heart. When it becomes... when it becomes very personal to you. You know, that's what... that's what salvation does. That's what salvation does. It takes it out of the theological realm, out of the academic realm, and out of even just the believing realm. And it brings it into the very personal realm. It becomes you and Him. And, and that... that is where... Resurrection begins That's where dead things come alive You were once dead In your transgressions In your sins And he came, he walked into the room He walked into the room And he he grabbed you by the hand Just like he grabbed this little girl by the hand And he says, my son, my little one My sweetheart, rise, get up Get up, I have a plan for you Awake from the sleep of death. I have a plan for you. I've got places for you to go. I've got stories for you to tell. I have a a plan for your life. You know, that's why there was a list to keep these people out of the synagogues. Because these people that had been had had personal encounters with Christ, those He had touched, those He had spoken His Word to, those people became very dangerous Amen. because they were marked. There was a, they, they were marked by God and they became marked by man. Uh, wow. I guess the, the question you have to ask yourself, if they were making lists today, would my name be on the list? Or would I still be welcomed in the house of the dead? Will I still be welcomed in the house of the dead? Wow. Oh, when you come alive, when you come alive, you can't go back to the dead places anymore. You can't go and live in that dead world anymore. You can't talk the dead talk anymore. You can't hang out with dead people anymore. Because you've been, you've been brought out of the world of death, brought into the world of life. You've been raised up from the dead in Jesus' name. So back to where we started. We were going to show... That that video clip tonight. I guess they. I don't know what they're doing with that. We we had it all marked out and reserved to watch, but they took it off the internet somehow, some way. So, well, you can look at it on your own. Um, Sean Floyd. It's worth watching. He's got all of his all of his 44 cities. They're they're on their videos from those footages from those outreaches. Very powerful. Visit our website at www.victorychurchnola.com for service times and more information.